Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Incline Dodgers podcast is presented by Fansided and Minute Media. And of course, you can find this podcast directly on dodgersway.com. To really help us out, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you really like our content, give us a five-star rating because it really goes a long way. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodgers fans, Cardinals fans, or maybe even pesky Giants fans that want to tune in to this episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast, National League Wild Card Preview Edition. Of course, if you're a Dodgers fan, your Los Angeles Dodgers finished the regular season with a 106 and 56 record, tying a franchise milestone that they set back in 2019. I can't believe the Dodgers won 106 games after what was a crazy season. But there's bigger fish to fry, or in this case, birds, because the Dodgers have a one-game playoff with the St. Louis Cardinals at Dodger Stadium Wednesday, 5.10 p.m. Pacific time. If you can't attend the game, you can watch it on TBS. But let me introduce the rest of my team. If you don't know them by now, we'll start with David Rosenthal. David, what's going on? Hello, Kevin. Uh, Very proud of this Dodgers team. Uh, You know, a lot of people say they clown on the Dodgers for having, you know, an all-star roster and and all that, but that doesn't mean they can't overcome adversity and have adversity. And that's exactly what this Dodgers team did. Uh, They lost Dustin May early on. They lost Corey Seager for a majority of the season. Kershaw goes down at the end. Kershaw goes down mid-season. Now we lost Muncie, and the list goes on and on and on. Uh, So I'm proud of this Dodgers team. 106 wins is nothing to hang your hat on. Uh, Obviously, they came up one short, but that's all going to, you know, that could all be a moot point if they win on Wednesday. So I'm feeling pretty good. Me too. But this Cardinals team is the one team I didn't want to face because they are red hot. We're going to do a very deep dive analysis, the best of our ability. But Jake Reiner... You are also going to the wild card game. I will be at the wild card game. What is on your mind to start this podcast episode? What's on my mind is I am equal parts excited for this wild card game because I get to go to it with you, Kevin. First time we've never been to a game uh, together uh, with one another, but also equal parts frightened and frightened because our season could be over in one game. And I don't think anybody is going to to feel sorry for Dodgers fans. I don't think Dodgers fans should feel sorry for themselves. I mean, this was a, an accomplishment unlike no other David mentioned a bunch of the injuries that this Dodgers team went through. You also consider the fact that the giants won 107 games. And I think that may be even more surprising than the Dodgers winning 106 games 
but they enter the wild card as the basically having more wins than any other wild card team or second place team in the history of baseball. But like Kevin said, I am very nervous to face this Cardinals team because historically since uh, the start of the, of the league playoffs in 1969, the Dodgers have faced the Cardinals five times and they've lost four of those meetings. So not a great track record with this franchise, but this is the best Dodgers team I've ever seen assembled, even given all the injuries. So I think if there's any team that I would rely on, it would be this one to get this done and get to the division series. You got to figure Don Mattingly was part of what, two or three of those Cardinals losses? Two of them. Yeah. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt, but I, I, I hear your, your, I hear your worry. Yeah. Losing Don Mattingly is definitely going to make a big difference because he was ass. Anyway, it was so, so bad. Let's get into this. Your Dodgers, as I already said, 106 wins, 56 losses. You can date it back three months or so when we had 60 games left. And I said, don't be down on this Dodgers team. The last 60 games, Think back to 2020. That's when the real season begins. Well, what did the Dodgers do in their last 60 games? They went 45 and 15. Considering they went 43 and 17 in 2020, this team was kicking ass down the stretch. But they are facing a St. Louis Cardinals team that finished the season 90 and 17, 90 and 72. They won. They went on a 17 game winning streak over their last 10 games. They went on a seven and three tear. This Cardinals team. When you look at their home road win total splits, dead even 45 and 36 at Bush stadium, 45 and 36 on the road. So no real advantage there, but the Dodgers were of course the best home team in baseball, but it's the playoffs. You can't really put all your eggs in that basket because anything can happen, but the pitching matchup, let's start there. Max Scherzer will take the mound for the Dodgers and he will go against the 40 year old superstar veteran in Adam Wainwright, who went 17 and seven, this season with a 305 ERA, 206 innings pitched. This guy is a machine with a 105.7 whip. Yeah, the key the key for facing Wainwright is you can't let him be efficient. That's the name of the game with Wainwright is he is surgical in, in and around the strike zone. Uh, he doesn't waste pitches. He gets ahead early in the count as often as he can. He, he takes strike one personally, and he goes after it more than any starter in baseball. Uh, maybe besides Max Scherzer, honestly. Uh, so what the Dodgers are going to have to do against Wainwright is not let him be efficient. Uh, last time out, we faced him. He went into the ninth inning, uh, and th- that was allowed to happen because they let him be efficient. Uh, what I want to see in the first inning is a 20-pitch inning. I don't care if you score. Just make him throw 20 pitches in the first inning. If they can do that, you set yourself up for the rest of the game. Second time through the order, you can get to him. Uh, but you can't let him get into the ninth inning. You just can't. If they, if that happens again, they're they're in trouble regardless of what Scherzer does. Yeah, that's my one concern about this game is is the Dodgers' offense, as we've seen throughout the season, can be a juggernaut. They can be unbelievably intimidating and just a force, but they can also just absolutely disappear out of nowhere. And like David mentioned, the last time out against the same pitcher, Adam Wainwright, they, he made them look silly and he, he made them look like Wainwright in his prime. Um, That's, that's what the Dodgers offense did against Adam Wainwright. However, given the last couple of weeks of the season, the month of September, 
we really saw the Dodgers uh, put into practice what we know this team is about, which is pass the baton, work the counts, make these pitchers throw pitches, and just get the next guy up, pass the baton. Make, you know, because one of, one of these, if you continue to make pitchers throw pitches, one of them is going to be a mistake, and then you're, you could be looking at a, a crooked number, a three-run homer, who knows? But yes, that is the key to this game, is going to be the offense. I have no worries about Max Scherzer. Trey Turner said the other day, Scherzer's already getting angry about this game, which is an awesome quote, and it's what you want to hear if you're a Dodgers fan. I have no problem with Scherzer going in this game. Even given his, his recent struggles over the last couple of outings, it doesn't matter. He's a big game pitcher, and to me, if you were to pick anybody to start this game for us, it would be him, hands down. I mean, you can make a case for Walker Bueller, but Max Scherzer is, is probably the number one. Yeah, so Max Scherzer to finish this, the season for the Dodgers went 15 and 4, 246 ERA, 236 strikeouts, an 086 whip. He faced the Cardinals twice this season. First game was on April 21st. He pitched six shutout innings with nine strikeouts, and then he faced the Cardinals in St. Louis, in a Dodgers uniform, he went eight innings, 13 strikeouts, allowed one unearned run. The Cardinals' bats, those two games, don't have an answer for him. I know David has more stats that he can touch on to help kind of explain just how dominant Scherzer has been against the Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I got a bunch of stats when we when we go over the offense. Uh, I don't know if we want to do that now. Um, Stick but... with pitching still. Yeah, so I'll, I'll save those stats. But just one more thing on Wainwright. Uh, you know, I'm looking at his his ERA by inning. Uh, it's all pretty consistent except the third inning. His ERA is six. For some reason, he has a, he has a six earned run average in the third inning. So the Dodgers can capitalize on that. But like I said, if they don't make him work in the first inning, that ERA is not going to be six in the third inning. I can promise you that. Uh, but that's, you know, that's if they work the count the first inning, get a couple guys on, turn the lineup over by the third inning, that's when they're going to do damage. That's the formula for success right there. Even at the age of 40, Adam Wainwright has one of the filthiest curveballs in the game right now. The spin rate is off the charts, ranking in the 90th percentile out of 100. Hitters are hitting 209 against his curveball. His sinker is his next best pitch. Hitters are hitting 175 against that. He throws that 28% of the time. He also will mix in a cutter, four-seamer, and a changeup. And that changeup tends to be his weakness. So I don't know if he's going to offer that to Dodgers hitters, but wait on that. 89 miles per hour is what he usually tops out, tops off at now with the fastball and hard stuff. And a curveball tails off at 73 miles per hour. But, David, who is the home plate umpire in this game? Oh, God. Uh, brace yourselves if you haven't heard, but it's – it's the cowboy. It's Joe West. Uh, there's nothing positive I can say about this. Uh, statistically, he has shockingly he hasn't been one of the absolute worst umpires in calling balls and strikes this year. But he's on his farewell tour. He's historically bad, and MLB decided, you know what, we'll throw him a bone. The old man's going to retire. Let's let's let him umpire the wild card game. So if you're hoping for a consistent strike zone, I don't know if you're going to get it. Yeah, isn't that just isn't that just perfect though? I mean, having Joe West umpire the Dodgers game, the Dodgers throughout the season have had just the worst luck with umpires. Just 
have cost them games because umpires just could not get calls right. And so it's just perfect. I mean, you, you, you couple that with losing Max Muncy for pretty much the postseason, it seems like at this point. And then on top of that, the, the, the notion that they could just go cold at the plate. I mean, it's just, um, it's, it's not setting up to be a, a positive outcome, but there's anything we we've learned about this Dodgers team is that they are resilient. And one thing, just a positive note, remember, I forget what series it was, but last year in the playoffs, we had Angel Hernandez umpire a game behind home plate. And we all thought it was going to be the worst thing that has ever happened in the world. And he was phenomenal. You heard me right. He was, he had a phenomenal game behind home plate. So I'm hoping for the best, but expecting the worst from uh, big Joe West. I was all for it. Cause I looked at the data before that game and I saw Hernandez was a big Kershaw guy. And speaking of big <laughs> pitcher guys, unfortunately with Joe West, Adam Wainwright has a 127 career ERA over four appearances with West behind the plate, but Scherzer nine games appeared a two of six ERA. So the bigger Vegas sam- bigger sample size, bigger sample. Yeah. The Vegas to- went or Vegas runs total is over under seven and a half. I almost want to bet the under. I'm not going to bet on this game, but I think it's going to be a low scoring game. Before we move over from pitching, I think we still need to talk about potential relief options and we can start yeah. with the Dodgers. hundred percent. We know Blake Trinan's got to be the guy to face the heart of the order. Kenley Jansen, it's crazy, but he's earned, I think, everyone's trust at this point to be the ninth inning guy. You know, obviously we have to evaluate every situation. If it's the heart of the Cardinals lineup coming up in the ninth and Trinan's available, then maybe you go to Trinan. But I think for the most part, Jansen is going to be that ninth guy, inning guy. Corey Knable's got to be an option. Alex Vesey has got to be an option, although the Cardinals don't have many lefties in their lineup. Phil Bickford might come in there to get an out. And Joe Kelly, I guess, is your other guy. Is there anyone else I'm missing? I would go with Joe Kelly over Knable. I just I would I think, not. For the I think, why not? He's had a better season. He, Joe Kelly has had a very good season, but... I've watched Corey Knable as of late, and he's looked like Milwaukee Brewers' Corey Knable. Uh, whereas Joe Kelly can kind of lose control at a, at a, at a moment's notice. Uh, he does owe us because he is the one who broke our hearts as a Cardinal. Uh, but And broke you know, our ribs. And broke our ribs. But if you're asking me who I want to get outs right now, it's, it's Corey Knable personally. Until- well, my, my, hope, my hope is that Scherzer goes seven or eight. Yeah, that's then, the best case scenario. And then we don't, and then we can just use Trinan and Jansen to validate how hot Knable's been recently over his last seven and a third innings pitched. He's only allowed one hit, three walks and 11 strikeouts. No runs allowed. He's looked real good. He looks healthy. He's, you know, he took a little bit to get back from that injury, but he looks good. Yeah. When they decided not to make him an opener anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So dumb, but here's what I want to say. I think only four people should be allowed to touch five people should be allowed to touch the ball in this game. Max Scherzer, Blake Trinan, Kenley Jansen, Alex Vasilla, or Julio Arias. Yes. He just pitched on Sunday. Uh, but Wednesday he can absolutely go an inning or two if need be. Uh, we've obviously seen him have success out of the bullpen. I don't need to tell you guys that I don't need to tell anyone listening that, uh, but you know, in a 
win or go home game, you got to go with your best guys, period. And if that's Julio Arias out of the bullpen, so be it. You you burn him, you use him, you win the game. Those are the only five guys I want to see. Maybe Corey Knebel as well. Uh, but everyone else should be strapped down in the dugout and, you know, not let Dave Roberts pull any funny business here. Yeah, Urias is definitely the the dark horse. If things start to go off the rails or slip a little for Scherzer, you can't let this game go out of hand. You got to put in Urias, but we have to hope for the best with Scherzer. Seven strong is what I'm praying for, and then you just have to get those six outs. Cardinals, on the other hand, they don't have the best bullpen, and I'm trying to predict what they could do in case Wainwright doesn't have it or they have to go to the bullpen regardless. John Lester, lefty, we've seen him a lot. He pitched on October 2nd. He went five innings. I don't know if they would go to him on three days rest. Jack Flaherty. There you go. Probably will see him. Yep. Right now, he is exclusively coming out of the bullpen. He's averaging about one inning appearance. He last pitched on October 3rd, although Mike Schilt did say that if the Cardinals advance to the NLDS, they will give him a run as a starter. Don't know how much I buy that. Is there anything you wanted to touch on with Flaherty before I name other people? Yeah, I mean, I think if you see the Cardinals with a lead uh, and Wainwright's, you know, nearing the end, he's he's at around 90 to, 90 to 100 pitches, Flaherty is going to be the guy. Uh, he's, you know, traditionally their ace uh, when he's healthy. Their bullpen, the Cardinals bullpen has been shaky all year. Uh, a lot of guys have control problems. Uh, Reyes used to be an all-star closer and then he kind of fell off. Uh, Gallegos is, you never know what you're going to get from him. He has no idea where the ball's going. So I I think they're going to, I think we're going to see Flaherty regardless, but especially if the Cardinals get a lead. Yeah. Gallegos has earned his way as the Cardinals closer. He's actually been on a good run recently. Alex Reyes, who was an all-star, as you mentioned, has been on a complete free fall over his last 29 innings pitch. He has a six ERA. Yeah. And then, because teams just seem to know that the Dodgers struggle with lefties at times, TJ McFarlane, a guy you will probably see out of the pen to face Former guys Diamond like back. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I remember him face guys like Bellinger and Seager and maybe Beatty and then Dakota Hudson, who is probably a starter, but could also come out of the bullpen. He last pitched on October 1st, a sinker baller. He mm-hmm. won five innings on that day. And then I know Genesis Cabrera could be an option too, but he's kind of bad and, Chris Taylor had that epic 14 pitch at bat against him or yeah. whatever it was. But I think I'm ready to talk offense if you if we're ready. Let's ready. do it. All right. Cardinals. It looks like their starting lineup is going to look something like this. Tommy Edmond will bat lead off at second base. Paul Goldschmidt second at first. Tyler O'Neill batting third and left. Nolan Arenado at third cleanup. Dylan Carlson fifth center uh, right field, Yadier Molina, catcher, Hall of Famer. You know who he is. Number seven, batting seventh. This is the question mark. It could be Paul DeYoung or um, Anundo Sosa. We don't know. It could be either. And then Harrison Bader will probably be their center fielder. I feel like yeah. they would go with DeYoung just because I feel like he's had good success against the Dodgers. I will talk about that in a minute. He <laughs> absolutely has. Yeah, I, okay. I I don't have any stats, but just my memory, as my memory serves, I just remember him crushing us for some reason. Not just the Dodgers, but Max Scherzer as well. Uh, great. Yeah, they'll go with him then. Dodgers are fourth in MLB in runs, 830. Cardinals were 20th, 706. 
And on the road, the Cardinals are actually a good hitting team. They ranked sixth in Major League Baseball by batting 246. So I so, listed the Cardinals hitters. Where do you want to start? Well, I, I just kind of want to give my my general thoughts, which which are the 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 Cardinals offense got hot at the right time. In in the month of September, they had a team average of 264 and an OPS of 802, which were their highest marks of the season. They hit 54 home runs, which is nearly twice as many as they hit in all of August. And they hit more home runs than they hit in June and July combined. So this offense was clicking or or it has been clicking at the right time. And I remember we talked about this in the, in the off season episodes that we did when we talked about the Nolan Arenado trade, a lot of people were saying, hooray, we got him out of the NL West. Well, that's that has come back to bite us now because we <laughs> yeah. talked about facing him in the freaking playoffs as a member of the Cardinals. Well, guess what? We're facing him in the worst possible scenario. You could draw up a one game freaking winner go home playoff game against Nolan Arenado. Also, Paul Goldschmidt, who kills us. I'm not looking forward to facing this lineup, but I'm just glad that Scherzer's on the mound. I said the same thing about Paul Goldschmidt too two years ago when they were all like, yes, he's out of the <laughs> NOS. I'm like, no, we're going to face him in the playoffs one day. And that should have been 2019, but Dave Roberts did the Kershaw thing. But anyways, let's get back to the point. Yeah, my my point uh, is simple. Tyler O'Neill is the guy you got to get out. That is their best hitter right now. Period. I, I know you got Arenado and Goldschmidt, the, the name recognition, the star power. But if one guy is going to win this game for the Cardinals, it's going to be Tyler O'Neill. Uh, he has been arguably the hottest hitter in the National League since this Cardinals streak begun. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into some stats here in a minute. But just, you know, I, I, these are the stats of the last seven days. So these the past the last week of the season, Tyler O'Neill is eight for 19 with two home runs at thirteen hundred OPS. He is 0 for 3 against Scherzer, but he's coming in scorching. That is the guy we have to worry about. Clear clear as day, right there. And I can tell you one thing. When it's late in the game, Blake Tryon will be facing him. I don't know if it's going to be the 7th or the 8th, but Blake Tryon is going to be facing Tyler O'Neill. period. And that's the way it has to be. Okay, well, sorry if I steal your stats here. Tyler O'Neill on the season had 34 home runs, 80 RBIs, a 9-12 OPS on the season against the Dodgers over seven games, hit 375 with a 1,256 OPS and three home runs. But and and he also broke our hearts. Remember in that game early catch. on in the season with the catch off the yeah. off the Mookie Betts hit that that was in the ninth inning. So that would have won that would have won the game for us, or at least tied it or something. That that killed us. That and the Mike Talkman catch, honestly, were the two just most crushing defensive plays made against the Dodgers this year. Bobby Sal Garcia against the Giants, though, is the most. <laughs> 106 games, we cannot dread on the past. They won 106 games, you cannot dread on the past. As much as I want to agree with David, Tyler O'Neill is that guy. You cannot sleep on Paul Goldschmidt. 294 batting average this season, 31 home runs, 99 RBIs against the Dodgers this season. He hit 350 with a 959 OPS, one home run, two RBIs. In his career against the Dodgers, 293 batting average, 900 on-base plus slugging, 33 home runs, and 101 RBIs. That's essentially a full great season of data right there. Well, Kevin, I have some good news for you. 
In his career, Paul Goldschmidt against Max Scherzer is five for 32 with 16 strikeouts. That is half of his at-bats have ended in him slowly walking back to the dugout sad. Uh, so, t- you know, you can ask for a better matchup in terms of how to get Goldschmidt out for the first three at-bats. Uh, he is not necessarily hot at the plate either right now. He's four for 15 with a 753 OPS in his last seven. Uh, you know, I can go through this whole lineup if we want real quick. Um, I don't know, Jake, do you want to get in there before I do that? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he's not been uh, on fire as of late, but overall, since the All-Star break, he hit 331, over 1,000 OPS, and hit 17 of his 31 home runs since the All-Star break. So, yeah, he's not hot lately, but, I mean, he's just such a dangerous bat in that lineup. Oh, absolutely. He's no, he's no Josh Reddick, uh, but against <laughs> Max Scherzer, he's certainly performing like it. All right, so for the just just to round out the rest of this Cardinals lineup, I already talked about O'Neill and Goldschmidt. These are stats in their last seven games. Again, Dylan Carlson, seven for 17, three home runs, 1,500 OPS. Him and O'Neill have been the two hottest hitters for them. Against Scherzer, Dylan Carlson, 0 for 7. Uh, Arenado, 3 for 13, 728 OPS, 2 for 10 against Scherzer. Bader, 4 for 19, 618 OPS, 2 for 10 against Scherzer. DeYoung, 3 for 17, 530 OPS, but 4 for 13 with three RBIs against Scherzer. Uh, Molina has not played a lot the last week, 1 for 7, uh, and 1 for 17 against Scherzer. Uh, And finally, uh, Tommy Edmond, 4 for 17, 690 OPS, 4 for 9 with a homer against Scherzer. Is Edmond the only one with a home run, or are there other? Yes. So that's that. Those are going to be the eight guys for sure, unless they pull a, a complete wild card and, and you know catch us off guard. But uh, those are going to be the, the eight guys. Uh, as I said, the two with the most success against Scherzer are Paul DeYoung and Tommy Edmond. Yeah, I don't think they're going to surprise us with the lineup. Matt Carpenter is like a dying cat out there. Yeah, <laughs> he's essentially one of the last men off the bench. But Nolan Arenado, kind of a weird season for him outside of Coors. His first season, two fifty five batting average was low in Arenado standards. 312 on base, but he did crush 34 home runs and had 105 runs driven in. And then the rookie Carlson, you already said how hot he's been recently on the season, 343 on base, 18 home runs. This Cardinals team, you know, they're solid. And I think comparing them to the Reds or Padres, this is the toughest matchup on paper. Well, yeah, I mean, if the Padres hadn't absolutely imploded and died, I think I think you're right. But before the Padres collapsed, they played us really well. Yeah. So I I, I don't I, I think other things were at play there in the in the Padres clubhouse. And even even with their collapse, uh, if Blake Snell was healthy, I'm still taking this hot Cardinals team and 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 Adam Wainwright over that. Uh, because even the, you know, we, we did sweep the Padres, but they, they kept the game close a little bit. Uh, and still Blake Snell is just not what, not what I want to face for five or six innings. Just not. Well, part of the game is lasting 162 of them, but Emilio Pagan, on the other hand, that is a guy I want to (laughs) face. Yeah. Yeah, That's a, that was a crazy game. We, I don't even touch on that. Maybe at the end. And Um, instead, and instead Snell will be on his couch playing MLB, the show on Twitch. Calling people slap dick prospects. <laughs> so I think it's time to talk Dodger side of things. And I think we all should try to put together what the Dodgers starting lineup will be to kind of start the subject though. Alejandro 
and Blues Jam Hawaii on Twitter want to know who's going to play first. Is it going to be Matt Beatty? Obviously, Max Muncie, we think, has been ruled out, according to Dave Roberts. That's, that's the question. Uh, before we figure out the lineup, we need to figure out who's going to play first. Uh, apparently, David Vasse implied there might maybe going Pujols, which to me makes absolutely no sense. Uh, so I don't know. He doesn't I don't know think, shit. I, yeah, I, I, I tend Alex to agree with Coral's you, Kevin. a great manager. <laughs> yeah, I saw that tweet. <laughs> Uh, but, um, I don't know. I mean, what, what do you guys think? Bellinger, Beatty, what? Well, here's my dilemma. And I came up with several iterations of, uh, the Dodgers lineup that I'd like to share with you guys in a moment, please, but please lay it on me. But to start with this, I, I don't, I mean, to, to kind of answer Vasse's thing, I, I don't think that they're going to go with Pujols because if you put Pujols in there, um, then the entire lineup is right-handed pretty much with the exception of Seager. Um, and that's if you don't play Lux either. Um, and maybe not Bellinger, who knows? I mean, maybe it's just Bellinger and Seager. My, my thought on playing Matt Beatty at first base is this understandably, he is not a good defensive player, uh, wherever you put him, he's not really that elite at any one position. Um, so that's, that's gonna, that's hard to put someone at first base where, you know, a lot of ground balls, going to be a lot of close plays, going to be a, some balls that are going to be have to dug out of the dirt that that would be easy pickings for Max Munster or even Cody Bellinger. So that's the only concern with Matt Beatty. The pros for starting Matt Beatty, he's left-handed and he goes along with what David and I were saying at the top, which is that he works counts and he makes he makes pitchers throw pitches. And so if you want a guy that can grind out at bats, Matt Beatty's your guy. He's a selective hitter. He will work the count. He'll get on base and he's been hot as of late. So I like, I like him in the lineup. I don't know if he's the right choice defensively. I don't like him in the lineup. And my logic comes down to this. Who is going to be your pinch hit guy? If you have runners at the corners per se, don't you want it to be Matt Beatty of anyone else possible? I mean, yeah, that's that's one reason, but I, you know, if he's gonna get a hit, I'd rather him do it early, get a lead. Uh, but look, my take on this is pretty simple. It's I can't imagine it's Pujols. First of all, he's one for ten career against Adam Wainwright. Like Jake said, the entire lineup would basically be right-handed. He's also really slow. That is yet yeah, that's an understatement and true. Uh, but. The, the, the weird thing is this lineup is going to be weird. And I'm, I'll explain what I mean by that is after Seager, you don't really have another left-handed bat until Cody Bellinger, who would normally be yeah. hitting eighth at this point. Uh, so if Matt Beatty starts, you're probably going to see him hitting fifth uh, because Roberts loves to do the left, right, left, right, uh, make the pitching changes difficult. Uh, so it could get weird with Matt Beatty hitting fifth uh, and Will Smith or Justin Turner and AJ Pollock hitting behind him. Uh, as for who starts at first Bellinger Beatty, I don't know. Personally, I would go with Bellinger at first and Lux in center. Uh, and you can always move Bellinger to center later and bring Beatty in at first or Pujols. Yeah. I can't wait to say my lineup because it's definitely, are we, different. are we ready for our, but this is my, this is what I would go with. Okay. Ready. Okay. Yep. So the 
top four, I, I think will be the top four, probably for all of us, maybe give, maybe, a, maybe a change here or there. So this is what I would go with. We got bets and right Seeger at short Turner, Trey Turner at second, those, those top three are locks. Yeah. Um, then I would put Will Smith at catcher batting fourth, AJ Pollock, who's white hot batting fifth, Justin Turner, sixth Bellinger, seventh in center, Matt Beatty at first hitting eighth and then Scherzer ninth. And, and again, I am taking a risk here because of the defense. That is the only thing holding me back with Matt Beatty hitting eighth. And to your point, Kevin, about pinch hitting in late situations. Yes, I get that we're losing that. But if you don't start Lux, you have Lux. You have Chris Taylor if you don't start him either. And you got Pujols. So you've got options to for guys that, come, that can come in and pinch hit in a late uh, inning situation. Kevin? Okay. So what kind of helps me make my decision with the lineup is, first of all, Adam Wainwright doesn't have any crazy splits against right-handed bats or left-handed bats. And so I don't think we should overthink things here. I mean, righties in general are hitting 209 against him with 11 home runs. Lefties, 229, 10 home runs. Adam Wainwright overall on the road has a 358 road ERA. So nothing seems to phase this man. So my lineup starts similar to Jake. Mookie Betts, right field. Corey Seager, shortstop. Trey Turner, second base. I have Justin Turner batting cleanup. I like it. And it's simple. He is the clutchest playoff hitter on the team. And you just have to – he's been looking better as of late too. You just have to go JT. I have Will Smith batting fifth. I like him in that spot at catcher. A.J. Pollock is my left fielder batting sixth. I have Cody Bellinger at first base hitting seventh. And I have CT3, Chris Taylor in center field. And – it's simple as that is this. it's simple as this Gavin Lux has been pretty bad in the outfield defensively. There were two plays yesterday in game 162 where they just went over his head. He had the glove on the ball. He couldn't make the catch. We saw him get killed by the center field wall. He could not read that ball at all. It just terrifies me to death that a ball is going to get hit his way and it's going to result in a triple. And next thing you know, the Cardinals blow it wide open. I have seen what Chris Taylor can do in center field. He is very serviceable. I don't think we lose much of an edge between Gavin Lux and uh, Chris Taylor's bat. Gavin Lux hasn't even played that much as of late. And though Chris Taylor has been pretty dreadful over the last month, over his last seven games, I see he has a 389 on base. So he, And we know he can work the count. So one thing I'll say about your lineup, Kevin, is it's probably the best defensive lineup that, that and, you yeah, could roll out there. Absolutely. And that's a lot of what I value too, because – I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think every run is going to count. Max Scherzer is your guy. You have to have him out there as long as possible. And I would have had Austin Barnes at catcher, but things changed when Max Muncy went down, and I need Will Smith's bat in there. All right. Mine is uh, different than both of yours. Uh, first three are the same. Mookie Betts in right, Seager at short, Trey Turner at second. Fourth, I have Justin Turner as well. Uh, for the reasons Kevin said, the Max Muncy injury changes things. You, you need a guy who has experience uh, and has produced at that level. Uh, late in the game, I'll take Justin Turner up. My pleasure. Fifth, I got Pollock and left. Can't hit him. At this point, again, the Max Muncy injury changes things. You need guys at the top now. It was a luxury to hit Pollock seventh or sixth or eighth. Uh, you can't do that anymore with Muncy out. Uh, then my lineup gets different. I am rolling the dice and starting Gavin Lux in center field. 
uh, hitting sixth to uh, break up the lineup. Seventh, I have Will Smith, who has been very cold at the plate recently. Uh, and eighth, I have Bellinger uh, playing first base. My caveat is this. I'm taking Lux out of the game after two at-bats, maybe three at-bats. Uh, I want him in there against Wainwright. Yes, he hasn't played since that injury, but before that, uh, he was arguably the hottest hitter with A.J. Pollock. Uh, I need his at-bats in there. He's shown he can get on base using his speed, uh, and I think he can think he can get by in center field for the first five, six innings. Then you bring in Chris Taylor, or then you bring in Beatty and Pools at first and move Bellinger to center. That's my caveat. So, yeah, I mean, look, if you're going to bring in Beatty as a defensive replacement at first base to move Bellinger to center, then I would just start Beatty. I mean, aren't Beatty you? Beatty or Pujols. Yeah, I mean, aren't you saying that you know, you're, you're, you're using, you're using Beatty's defense in the most crucial innings, the later innings. So my or, argument or is, or you put, you bring in Chris Taylor straight up and put him in center and leave Bellinger at first. Yeah, that's true. You got options. Yeah. You got options. It's I'm curious. Cause I, I, I was trying, cause I came up with a couple of different ones and I'm trying to think like, what would Dave, what is Dave going to do? Well, it's, um, it's going to be Friedman too. Friedman right. is going to be working with Dave here. So, I mean, we all gave our lineups. What do, what do we think they're actually going to do? That, that is what I actually think they're going to do. Cody Bellinger and Chris Taylor were one of the, some of the most essential guys during the entire 2020 postseason run. CT3 was an all-star in the first half. Cody Bellinger, we know what his ceiling can be. He's starting to look a little more like himself at the plate. I just have a really hard time imagining you, them benching their best bats when Max Muncy has gone down. Yeah, but they're, that's the thing, Kevin. They're not their best bats right now. It's a, it's a winner go home. You can't live in what happened in 2020 or who, you know, what their name on the back of the jersey is. You got to go with the production right now. Uh, and frankly, that's not Chris Taylor and that's not Cody Bellinger, but the Muncy injury basically guarantees Bellinger is going to be in the lineup at some point, either in center or at first. Uh, so it's, it's tough to keep Lux out of the lineup. I get it for defensive purposes, uh, but you can't just, you know, hope that they're going to turn into their 2020 selves or for Chris Taylor's case, the first half, first half version of himself. It would have been nice had they tried trade Turner and center at some point during yeah. the season, because if, if you had turn, if trade Turner could play a serviceable center field, then you could start Lux at second and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Trey Turner didn't want to play the outfield this season. Yeah. I mean, whatever he wants, really. I mean, he's hitting the shit out of the ball. <sighs> I mean, listen, it's, it's really a, what have you done for me lately sport, but Gavin Lux hasn't played in a week. We know throughout his career, he's really struggled against the curveball. That is Adam Wainwright's best pitch. Matt Beatty's no great curveball hitter himself. And he really wasn't part of the team. Most of the second half, he had a few good games, but, who is he facing triple a relievers i just am not sold on that kind of production when you have chris taylor who's been in the starting lineup the 2017 the 2018 the 2019 the 2020 run it's a clean slate going into the postseason and you really want to have the guys that have been there and done that all right so just real quick uh now that we've already said our what we think the lineups will be dodgers in the last seven days and then dodgers career against adam wainwright Pollock, five for 19, four homers, eight RBIs, 1,200 OPS, three for eight with two RBIs against Wainwright. 
Dodgers hottest hitter right now. Well, actually, this next guy is the Dodgers hottest hitter right now. Corey Seager, 12 for 24, four home runs, 1600 OPS, two for seven with two RBIs against Wainwright. Trey Turner, 11 for 24, three home runs, 11 RBIs, 1300 OPS, five for 14 with an RBI against Wainwright. So if the Dodgers are going to win the game, it's got to be those three dudes doing it. Uh, Mookie Betts is kind of cold right now. Four for 22 does have two home runs and an 833 OPS two for four against Wainwright in his career. Justin Turner's getting hot. Like Kevin said, six for 17, two home runs, 1200 OPS three for nine with an RBI against Wainwright Bellinger four for 13 recently. Don't look now, but he's hitting over 300 one, one home run, 846 OPS one for eight against Wainwright. And then Will Smith two for his last 17 with a 376 OPS. He's hurting. 0 for 3 against Wainwright. So overall, pretty successful lineup against Wainwright. Yeah, and you know most of these guys I just said they're they're kind of hot right now, uh, with the exception of uh, Smith and Mookie Betts. Pretty much everybody else is humming. Yeah, I mean over the last six games, the Dodgers have looked like the Dodgers of old with 19 home runs, and then yeah, David mentioned how hot Corey Seager's been. To finish the season, a 306 batting average, a 394 on base, and a 915 on base plus slugging, 16 home runs, 57 RBIs. In the second half, he had a 169 weighted runs created. And I think over his last 15 games, he's batting over 400. Trey Turner won the batting title, finishing with a 328 batting average over his last 15 games. He hit 419, two grand slams. Those are the two guys, along with A.J. Pollock. I am in the same boat as both of you. Those are the big three that really have to step up if the Dodgers want to win this game. But, of course, Justin Turner, can't sleep on him either. He is Mr. NLDS. I know this is not the NLDS, but it might as well be. And I also like to point out something that I don't think we should bury or overlook, which is the fact that this Dodgers team not only is hot going into the postseason, but – two major comeback wins over the past couple over the past yep. week. And I also would like to point out the fact that the Dodgers own the only reason that they were uh, eliminated from the NLS title was because the giants won. It wasn't because the Dodgers lost. And there were two instances, one, one against the Padres, which I was there where they were down nine to five. And it kind of, you know, get all the memories came back of 2006, the four plus one game. This is the one plus four game uh, this year. And then the game against the Brewers, they had a huge comeback win with Trey Turner uh, smacking a grand slam. So this team is showing its resilience at the right time. It's what we've been waiting for all season long for them to not only come back for come back from deficits, but come back late because Pretty much in the first half and even into the second half, they were not uh, scoring late when they were down. And so those those two wins down the stretch were huge. And if it's any indication, I like our chances going into Wednesday. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So to finish out this preview part of the show, Zimzy on Twitter wants to know, how can the Dodgers overcome the Cardinals devil magic? I think we already answered part of it is one, Don Mattingly is not the manager. Two, Justin Turner will have more than two at bats, at least I hope, against the Cardinals this go around. And three, 
they're just both completely different teams. It's Max Scherzer going on the mound for the Dodgers. He was not part of 2013 or 2014. And yes, Adam Wainwright is still there, but hopefully they don't have a Joe Kelly this go around that's going to throw out one of our guys and break one of our hottest bats ribs. Yeah, I mean, I, I told you what the key to success is. You get Adam Wainwright to throw a 20-pitch first inning. Max Scherzer gets a, a fuck you top of the first half inning, shuts him down in order. The Dodgers will win the game. If that happens, I, I am guaranteeing a Dodgers win, period. Yeah, and I mean, obviously it's a different team, and 2014 is now seven years ago, but they did face Adam Wainwright at home in game one of the NLDS, and they shelled him. They got six runs off him. Unfortunately, it didn't go the Dodgers' way the rest of the game, but Adam Winter was in his prime back there back then, and they got to him then, so why not get to him now? So my question to you guys is, give me one wacky or bold prediction that you think will happen in this game. So I can start since I, I just came up with mine. Yeah, yeah, you just threw, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to so, think about this I mean, one. shit, man. <laughs> this, so to buy a little time, Every time the Dodgers face the Cardinals in the playoffs, Yadier Molina does a million mound visits. And I feel like MLB essentially made the rule to limit mound visits in a game because Yadier Molina constantly was going up to his, to his pitchers, buying time, talking to them and all that. So my bold prediction or my wacky off the wall prediction is that the Cardinals will run out of mound visits in this wild card game. <laughs> That's a good one. I think the uh, here's my wacky prediction that uh, the Dodgers will uh, manufacture at least three runs, whether that's on a sack fly, a squeeze bunt, uh, fielder's choice. I think that they're going to do the little things in this game that will net them runs and ultimately win them this game. I think that they have to do those things because I don't think that they – if there was, if this was a series, they could wait around for that three run homer and it may come, it may not come in game one, but if you lose game one, you still have game two, but in this one, every run's going to count every run matters. And so I'm looking for them to uh, push across runs any way they can. All right. Mine's not a wacky prediction. It's just a bold prediction. Uh, and if, if this happens, I need to go buy a lottery ticket, but Seventh inning, Blake Trinan's going to come in relief of Max Scherzer with two men on base and get Tyler O'Neill to end the inning. That's what I have to say. I don't know if he, I don't know he could come in with one out. He could come in with with no outs or two outs. Uh, but to end the inning, there's going to be two men two men on base, and Tyler O'Neill is going to be at the plate, and Trinan's going to get him. I like the outcome, but I do not want to see that situation. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I would take it ahead of the sixth inning, though. Uh, yes. All right. Well, I think that covers just about everything you need to know about the National League wildcard game between the Dodgers and Cardinals. Can Before we before we go, can I do a, a little bit of uh, trivia with you guys about the Dodgers and Cardinals? I have a little bit of a fun game to do. Please. Yes. Okay. So this will this will be a little fun. So at the beginning, I mentioned that the Dodgers uh, – have lost four of five uh, meetings in the postseason. So the, the first uh, season or the first series that they lost was in 1985, which I believe the Cardinals went on to win that world series. So let's just skip over that real quick and go to a little more recent one. So the next one was in 2004. Um, the St. Louis 
beat us uh, three to one in the NLDS. And um, I just want to see if you guys, how many players can you name that were in the main starting lineup in that 04 team? Oh, God. What the hell? This will get easier. This will get easier once we get to 2013 and 2014. So no pictures? You don't. I mean, there is Jose one. Lima was the winner. Yes, I was going to say there's one pitcher you should get. Sean so Green. Just, okay. Yep. Sean Green. Beltre. Yep. Beltre. That was the. That was his best season as a Dodgers. So 04. Catchers was Brett Main and David Ross. Brett Main was was the main catcher, but Sean Green was playing first base. What a ridiculous snipe that was! I feel yeah. like you just glossed over that snipe, Jake. A Brent, Brent Maine. Maine? Yes. Well, <laughs> if you if you get Brent Maine, then you should get this other guy too. Jason Worth. Okay, Jason Worth. Yep. Was, was Chad Critter the other catcher? No. Okay. Milton Bradley. Yep, Milton Bradley. Man, I was who's my who's my favorite middle infielder of all time? Cesar Asturis and yep. Alex Cora okay. would yep. be Yeah. It was think- Cesar Asturis for the record, not Alex yeah. Cora. Yeah. All right, and, and you're Steve and you're, Finley, there. You go. I think I got them all right. Yeah, you did. You got them all. You that got was them impressive, all. Kevin. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, but it, but game. interestingly enough, Pujols was on that 04 team. Right. Uh, Mike Matheny, who was now a manager, is yeah. on that team. Uh, Scott Rowland, Edgar Renteria. Oh yeah. Right. Re- Re- Reggie Sanders. Jim Edmonds. Yeah. Jim Edmonds and uh, newly elected Hall of Famer. Larry Walker. Larry Walker. Right, Tony Womack as well. Pitching okay. staff. What about was that Car- was Carpenter or that was too too old? Um, Carpenter won the Cy Young in 06 or 05, I mean. So he probably was on it. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, and that. also I'd like to point out before I move on to the other ones, is there I think the reason we lost because that was a pretty decent lineup. I think the reason we lost that series because we had the worst pitching staff ever. <laughs> Odalis Perez. Got rocked in game one. Jeff <laughs> Jeff Weaver got shelled in game two. Weave train. Yeah. Jose Lima was great in game three. That's the one we won. Uh, and then uh, game four, fucking Wilson Alvarez. Oh, God, that was terrible. All right. So uh, 2009 was the series that the Dodgers won. They swept the Cardinals in the DS, uh, three games to nothing. Uh, who was who the, the main lineup for 2009? Oh my God. God I didn't, this is a memory challenge. Russell memories. Martin catcher. Yep. Yep. Loney at first. Yep. Um, second. Uh, this Kent? one's tough. This one's tough. No. Not Kent. DeWitt? No. I don't know if you're going to get this one. It's tough. Shortstop was for call. For call. Yep. Third Blake. Yep. Casey Blake. Ethier Kemp. Uh huh. Ramirez. Yep. So you're just missing the second baseman. Ronnie Belliard? Yeah, it was fucking Ronnie Belliard. Uh, he was good for us. <laughs> he was good. He was good down the stretch, I remember. Yeah, he was. Um, that, that Yadier Molina was on that team. Pujols, uh, Schumacher, Skip Schumacher, uh, Mark DeRosa, MLB Network. Um, Bre- Brendan Ryan, Mr. Mustache. Ryan um, Ludwig on that team. Ryan Ludwig. Yep. Um, Matt Holiday. Holiday even? Matt Holiday. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm catching fire. Catch. I'm catching fire here. Okay. Do you know the center fielder though? Ankiel. Uh, close. Not Ankiel, but kind of Ankiel esque. I guess. Hey, give me a second. Uh, he didn't. He wasn't a pitcher or anything. It just kind of. Yeah, yeah. They all have that same vibe. Oh man, give me his first initial. This guy also played for the uh, Blue Jays. Um, first initial, uh, C. 
What's his last initial? R. Oh, this is going to kill me. Do you I know, feel... Kevin? Um, no, I don't remember. All right. Go ahead. Yeah, to... Colby Rasmus. Oh, my God. I'm... <laughs> Damn it. All right. That's like we'll a just, Jake we'll Marisnik, just... in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll just rip through these last two real quick. Uh, so 2013 NLCS. Uh, this was the rib series, I believe. Um, the Dodgers lost this series four games to two. Uh, who was the main starters for the Dodgers? What, what year is this? This is 2013. AJ Ellis behind yeah. the plate. Yes, sir. Agon. Yep. Um, Hanley before he's gone. Yeah. Hanley Uribe at third. Yep. Second was Ellis. Mm-hmm. Outfield was Crawford and left. Mm-hmm. Puig and right. Mm-hmm. Or center, whatever. And then right here, I guess. Yeah. Ether was in the center. Yeah. Um, this was the. Uh, uh, Yadier Molina again, uh, Matt Adams, uh, oh, God. Matt Carpenter, uh, David Freeze, um, Pete Cosma, shortstop, yeah. uh, Matt Holliday, uh, John Jay, uh, and Beltron. All right. And finally, the 2014 NLDS, the Dodgers lost this one three games to one. It's got to be pretty similar, no? Yeah, it is very similar. A Second couple of changes. Is different. Is that uh, the O-Dog? O-Dog? No. No. That was earlier. 2014, second base. Um, God, why am I blanking? Not Mark Ellis? Uh, no. You're tired. No. Ugh, why? It's killing me that I can't remember. That's ac- this is actually the only uh, difference between 2013 and 2014. Oh, D. Gordon. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. D. Gordon. Um, and then the uh, Cardinals was similar. He had Molina Adams, but this was the, I think the first season of Colton Wong. Um, it was. Carpenter. Uh, do you know, do you remember the shortstop? Um, this is, this one's tough. For the Cardinals, the shortstop. Um... He also, he also played for the Tigers. Uh, no, I don't remember anymore. This is Johnny Peralta. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt Holiday, John Jay again, and then uh, Randall Grichuk. Yeah. He hit the home run off Kershaw. I think the first, top of the first, game one. Yep. Yep. Um, but the Dodgers had a six to one lead in that freaking game, and then Kershaw got shelled in the seventh. Yeah. More importantly, who was the home plate umpire in game three? Joe West. No. Oh. Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez. No. Dale uh, Scott. Dale Scott, my my oh, friend. Awful. Friend of the show. Friend yeah. of my show. Who, who hit the go-ahead home run in game two, and who was it off? I don't know. My memory is apparently <laughs> atrocious. It was uh, it was Matt Kemp, wasn't yes. it? I guess I just blocked all that out after all that pain. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was fun. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Just a couple of things before we call it a day. In case you didn't hear, Mookie Betts led MLB in jersey sales this season. So mm-hmm. Mookie Betts, maybe the face of baseball. Fernando Tatis Jr. was second. Clayton Kershaw still in the top five. And was it Cody Bellinger? I think Cody Bellinger was also in the top ten, too. Super cool. Love that. And Kersh, yeah. Yeah, Kershaw was top Every five. year, it feels like. I'm proud of Dodger fans for that. 
especially with all the stars we got. I love that people are still getting Kirsch. But also, why the hell do you not have one already? <laughs> like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> all right, if you're, a, if you're a betting man or woman, Dodgers are going off at minus 200. That's two to one in layman's terms. Bet $200 to win 100, a.k.a. if you don't gamble at all, they are favorites. They are pretty sizable favorites in this game. So take solace in that. And just the last things, you know, the Dodgers took care of business. They had to win. They had to essentially win out, but the Giants just wouldn't lose. The Diamondbacks, F them. They went 2-15 and 15 against the Giants, or 2-17 and 17 this season against the Giants. It's like, really what can bad. the Dodgers do in that scenario? The Rockies, who played the Dodgers tough, they also rolled over. I think they went like 5-1. and 14 or something just atrocious Dodgers on the other side of things swept the Padres three times in a row Padres finished below 500 which is hilarious and then they sweep the Brewers but you know I did say like the Brewers we're gonna essentially lie down in that this final series and they did Dodgers took care of business but it is what it is it's been a great season I hope everyone had fun I can't believe it's over 162 games flew by a lot of lows but also a lot of highs and let's hope that you know this won't be the last playoff episode that we covered. In a, in a I forgot I forgot how much fun 162 was. I mean, we had a 60 game season last year, yeah. and getting the 162 back was. I mean, it just felt right. It felt like baseball again, and it was a lot of fun to watch. It was excruciating in the first half. Um, there were some stretches there that were just brutal. I don't know why this sticks with me, but just. Just that that Cubs double header. That's uh, what sticks with me too, man. In Chicago, weird. Just that's what I always, yeah, that's what I always go back to. Is just me how too. awful exactly I felt that game during that during that Cubs series was just brutal. Um, but I mean, really, it all it, the the whole thing that it came down to was was how the Dodgers faced off against the Giants, and they lost ten games. They won nine of them, so they played them tough. But there were a few games there that they just needed to have. They should have had. Um, people like to say that the it came down to a Darren Ruff check swing. Sure, yeah. but there are a couple other games there that they that they could have won and should have won. Um, and and there was one dramatic win that they had, which was that Will Smith walk off homer, um, which was awesome. Uh, but a great season nonetheless. The Giants just had a freakishly, you know, a better season by one game. Um, and that's what it, that's what it took to dismantle the Dodgers in the NL West and their eight uh, year, eight consecutive year, uh, NL West title run. So yep. that's what it took. And, and they, they, they proved that. Yeah. I'm just going to bring up one thing here is on our preseason show, our season preview show, we asked for win totals. I predicted the Dodgers would win 108 games. And I said, there is no scenario where this Dodgers team does not win 100 games. Zero. No scenario. And that is what we saw because they were thrown every possible curveball you could imagine. You had injuries the first week of the season. You had injuries throughout the entire season. You had a pitcher go on the administrative leave for the whole season. who You paid $40 million. You had everything possibly that could go wrong basically went wrong. Uh, and this team still fought and won 106 games. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, you can still give the credit to the Dodgers for overcoming adversity, even with the best roster in baseball. Because 162 games, winning 106 games is, is an accomplishment for any team. Uh, 
And look, the Giants outplayed their expectations. They outplayed their skills. They outplayed their <laughs> roster. They outplayed everything possible. Everything that could go right for the Giants went right this season. Uh, and I'm just going to say it now. That is going to end in the playoffs. They will lose in the NLDS, whether it be to the Dodgers or the Cardinals. They're done. And I'm dying on that hill. I, I died on the hill that they collapse all season. Yeah. I, my, my dead body is on the hill right now. So <laughs> I might as well get my up. second body over there now. <laughs> they ain't losing to the Cardinals, but that's not going to happen anyway. So we don't have to worry about that. I, I, I it just, I'm sorry. The Cardinals I, I, are, I'm prepared to die one, again. The Cardinals are built for one team or Cardinals are built for one game because after that, their rotation is a bunch of ass. It's just my miles, Nicholas, Jay Happ, John Lester. Yeah. That's a joke. So we have to beat them. We cannot allow that monstrosity to carry over. It's literally Adam Wainwright and then a bunch of scrubs. Yeah. But I mean, look what their offense done. We'll see. Wins. That's what the giants have and can't wait. I hope we get that scenario because boy, that'll be electrifying. But anyways, final thoughts or out of left field or anything. You want to get off your chest? Out of left field. That's uh, we haven't done that one in a long time. Well, no, the season has been Um, too drama filled for us to. Yeah, exactly. Uh, People that don't move out of the way when you're walking (laughs) on the sidewalk, those assholes. Uh, You know what I haven't said in a while? Fuck you cyclists. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And your outfits. Yeah. (laughs) um i i'm really uh, i mean as annoying as it is to have a one game playoff when you have 106 wins like it is exciting baseball it is a game seven scenario uh winner go home and i'm riding with this team even though even though i've criticized them i've had my doubts about them i even tweeted a few uh months back that um I, i just wasn't feeling it from this team at that time they just weren't they just weren't coming together and then they did uh, in, in full force. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't care if I get ratioed or bookmarked or whatever for that. Um, you know, I, I've been a Dodgers fan my entire life. I'm going to ride or die with them no matter what. However, no matter what I say about them, no matter how I feel about them, uh, if it's irrational or rational, doesn't, doesn't freaking matter. This is my team. We're going to ride with them. And if there's any team in the major leagues that I would trust to win a one game playoff, it's this one. Hundred percent. Now I'm fired up. Now I'm ready for that game right now. After that, after that monologue, I'm ready Hell to go yeah. in battle. Uh, let's look. I just want the Dodgers to have a good first inning. I said it three times today. Just have a good first inning. No runs for the Cardinals. Work the count. We're gonna win the game if we do that. Look, this season has been a roller coaster. I've been extremely discouraged at times, and I've been full send on the World Series train again. But like Jake, at the end of the day. I'm going to ride with this team. Uh, I'm going to pick them to win. Uh, I don't know what the score is going to be. I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know who's going to play well, but I'm picking them to win because when you got guys like Kershaw and Muncy go down, that does something to the players, you know, whether, whether it's said or not said to the media, those guys want to win for those guys. And especially a guy like Clayton Kershaw uh, who, who did his best to come back from that injury uh, and then re-injured it. That's, that's, there's something to be said for that. And I think that that's going to motivate these guys uh, because a lot of, you know, you see a lot of teams have world series hangovers uh, or they can get content after they win a world series. I don't see that with this club. I really don't. Um, you might've seen it early in the year. They could have just been struggling, but at this point in the season, they're, 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 they got the pedal of the metal right now. And I, I'm, I'm nervous, but very looking forward to this. 
and I'll leave you with this up until last year, the, the motto for the Dodgers playoffs is not only will this kill you, it will hurt the whole time you're dying. Uh, so I am ready, uh, for whatever happens. Uh, I hope we're here in a few days doing a preview show of the NLDS. That's all I got. My closing thoughts are Max Scherzer was on the mound for the nationals in their wild card game. That obviously worked out for the nationals in the end. Thank you. Good to have him. You loser. It's good to have Scherzer who's been there, done that. (laughs) I can't believe that the Dodgers are playing a wild card game. This rule was implemented in 2012. This could be the last version of this MLB playoff format. So it's, it, figures that the Dodgers would have the highest win total ever for a wildcard team. So we'll see what happens, but thank you so much, Dodger fans. Hope you all have fun. It was a great season nonetheless. So let's see what the baseball world has in store for us Wednesday. Go Dodgers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.